you're not aware to, to take proper precautions and you get into that stuff and get that powder on your skin, it can absorb transdermally. And so you could OD based on just being near it and touching it um, accidentally. Enchanted Sky Media. Code 3, the podcast for firefighters. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again on this first Monday edition of Code 3. The White House issued a fact sheet with recommendations for first responders who may encounter fentanyl on their runs. It's important information, and if you haven't seen the sheet yet, there's a link to it at Code3Podcast.com slash fentanyl. Joining me to break down the precautions is Central Arizona Fire and Medical Authority EMS Captain Doug Naminsky. Welcome back to Code 3, Doug. Thank you for having me. So the federal government has issued a new advisory sheet on fentanyl exposure. Have you seen it yet, and what do you think? I have read that. Uh, It's a one-page, easy-to-read document, really just giving uh, quick, down-and-dirty details on how to prevent uh, accidental exposure to fentanyl for first responders. And... Uh, it's pretty good. You know, the information provided gets gets the information out if, if you just want to glance at something very quickly. If you wanted to learn a lot more, there's other um, publications out there, such as the Department of Justice has a briefing for first responders that's very detailed. It's about 20 or 30 pages long, but it's worth reading. Based on what you know about it, how dangerous is fentanyl to first responders? It's a very dangerous substance um, compared to what we're used to dealing with. Fentanyl is becoming more and more prevalent. Um, illicit drugs are, are containing doses of fentanyl now. I guess they're just using it for uh, to make a drug, uh, opioid-based drug like morphine or. Um, even heroin, they're cutting it and adding fentanyl and fentanyl derivatives to it. So it makes it um, a lot more lethal at a smaller dose. Fentanyl seems to be the latest scary thing to be happening in EMS. Are we maybe exaggerating it a little? You know, I don't think that they're exaggerated stories because it kind of depends on the drug, the form. There's, there's, Fentanyl's coming into this country from China and from Mexico and even through Canada a little bit. And the DEA is aware of these routes and they're monitoring and tracking and trying to catch that stuff. But the Mexican stuff is less um, pure than the Chinese. So if, if the Chinese form is what you encounter on a scene, it could be a very pure form of fentanyl, in which case that's a deadly substance. So, uh, just for a, a matter of reference, it's been determined to only take two to three milligrams of fentanyl to induce respiratory depression, arrest, and possibly death. So when you look at that amount, it's basically looking at five to seven grains of table salt. And that's according to that DOJ uh, 
guide on fentanyl. So it's way smaller than even a little part of a penny. I mean, if it's a pure form and you get that amount ingested into your system, you could have effects. How much of a risk is there in absorbing it through the skin? There's many ways that you can ingest this type of narcotic drug. Uh, through the skin is one way. If it's a powdered form, so say you come across um, a production facility where it's been crushed up or, or it's in a powdered form, and if you're not aware to, to take proper precautions and you get into that stuff and get that powder on your skin, it can absorb transdermally. And so you could OD based on just being near it and touching it um, accidentally. Maybe maybe we're treating a patient and they have that powder on their person or on their clothes or, or whatever. And like law enforcement, when they're um, conducting traffic stops or, you know, patting down um, people, checking them, they may encounter that stuff just very easily. At least with uh, EMS, when we're running EMS calls, we're we always have our standard precautions on. So we're wearing gloves and, and, and eye protection. And if we think it's a respiratory uh, issue, we'll be wearing our N95 face mask. So we're, I think we're at a, an EMS. We're at a, a lesser risk to, you know, be exposed in that way. Other than our skin is exposed, you know, many of our folks are wearing short sleeve shirts uh, unless it's really cold out. So. Unless you're aware and constantly keeping that situ situational awareness up when you enter a scene, you you can accidentally expose yourself. So I think vigilance is, is key here. What are the chances that a first responder will encounter fentanyl unexpectedly and have a problem that way? You know, I'm unaware of any cases locally where we live here in the Prescott area. Um, that we've had any of our first responders get exposed either through the skin or through the air. Um, we have been reading about it, so we're, we're training, we're aware of the situation. If guys notice that stuff on scenes, we're going to immediately assess whether or not this is a hazmat situation. And that's kind of where we draw the line, whether it's, if it's a production facility or if there's powder form out in the open where we can see it, we're going to turn that call into a hazmat uh, deal and then have those guys with the level A suits and stuff go in there and take care of it. If we just notice that it's an overdose patient, which we do see those many times, whether it's a heroin or, or uh, a fentanyl derivative uh, type of opioid drug, a synthetic opioid, we treat the patient. Um, obviously, we're wearing our, our PPE, so you know, hopefully that contact is, is very minimal. Um, and typically what we see in this area is Probably 50% is, is, is heroin. Um, the fentanyl stuff is actually becoming more of a problem, and they're seeing it. We're tracking it through the, uh, the state. There's a, a, a law that the governor of, of Arizona has passed, so it's mandatory reporting for all uh, suspected opioid overdoses and any Narcan administration. So we do track every time that we give Narcan to a patient, PD gives Narcan or a bystander gives Narcan. And that information goes straight to the state through our reporting software. And so we have some pretty good data coming back from the state regarding uh, the opioid crisis in, in the state of Arizona. What is the biggest threat here? I assume it's probably not just the casual user. To my knowledge, we have not had that happen 
um, as of yet, but it would be, like I said, a production type situation. So coming across a, a lab, a clandestine lab, I'm sure they are uh, around. However, um, we have not encountered one that I'm aware of where we had to call in the hazmat team to deal with it. Um, yeah, we, we do typically wear our uh, short sleeve shirts on a daily basis. So we do have PPE available for the guys that are in the boxes that we carry in on scenes. They're just like arm sleeves made of Tyvex or plastic material. We have both. So if it's something that they just need to cover up their um, exposed skin, we can do that. What signs do your guys use to warn them that it might be time to put on a little bit more than the standard PPE? You get on scene, you notice maybe some pills crushed up or um, some evidence of possible opioids on scene, you could take and just bump up your PPE a little bit by adding those sleeves, putting on a uh, N95 face mask, which is just, you know, particulate face mask that kind of filters out any of that bad stuff out of the air. We use them a lot for, like, TB situations, uh, possible TB and that, but we do carry those on every piece of apparatus. And if if we suspected something like a, a, a fentanyl uh, on scene, we could put those masks on. And we're always wearing our gloves and, and eye protection, so that limits those routes of exposure as well. All right, Doug Naminski, thanks for being with me on Code 3. Anytime, Scott. Thanks for having me. We've put the link to the fentanyl recommendations and some other information on our website at code3podcast.com slash fentanyl. It's critical information, so check it out. Now, here's Holly. Thanks, Scott. If you enjoy listening to Code 3, let us know. Or maybe you have a guest suggestion. We'd love to hear it. In fact, if you have some criticism, we'll take that too. Just as Chief Bruno would have said, be nice. You can email us at code3podcast at gmail.com or call 928-985-0530 and leave a message. We're listening, so give us your feedback. All right, that's it. That's all for this Monday edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.